You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe, uh, and since it is the middle of summer, it's time to pack your bags, gather your supplies, get ready to head off to camp, because we are talking about five summer camp movies on this episode. Uh, tell me talk about them. I am joined once again by the host of the Cult Movies podcast, everybody's favorite camp counselor. It's Anthony King. Anthony, how you doing? Some, some, summertime, summertime, summertime. Sum. I am good, and I'm ready to... Uh... Uh, talk about all the debauchery that goes on at summer camp. <laughs> well, this is good because I only know the debauchery from movies because I'll just say right away, <laughs> I never went to summer camp. I, so uh, I missed out. <laughs> man, I, you did miss out, although I, I will say, okay, so first off, there's this great, well, actually, first, first off, Matt, thanks for having me back. I hope everybody's <laughs> been having a great summer. Um, so I'm always happy to get back on on film feast so thank you matt uh (laughs) there is an old old episode of this american life and it's titled uh notes from camp and my wife and i heard it we took a vacation to south dakota uh, a couple years ago and driving up there it was it must have been a saturday morning we were listening to this episode of of this american life and it was uh this episode on camp at summer camp and i related to it like i understood everything they were talking about on that episode and bobby was like what this is so weird and i was like oh and so uh he ira opens the show saying like there is this this vast difference between camp people and non-camp people and it's absolutely true i i mean i had no idea there was such a big difference uh before uh, bobby and i heard that episode and then i talked to other people they're like oh yeah i never went to summer camp and i was like so like you didn't get to experience you know this that and the other thing I'm like no that's you know that's so weird and like i'm not an outdoors type of person uh really i like working in the garden i like bumming around the yard but like camping in a tent I would rather like eat a light bulb than do that. Uh, but I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was in, in elementary school and middle school and uh, high school as a counselor, uh, that was the best. I loved it. I, I wouldn't have done it like for fun, but like that camp setting was the best. And so for like 10 years, I went to camp and the last four were as a counselor. And there are so many that's why the, this like this niche genre summer camp movies whether they're horror movies or comedies or dramas or whatever uh 
are so special to me because a lot of them really get it right. And it's so cool to be able to watch these movies and remember uh, back to those days. Uh, you know, it's where I uh, made out with a, a girl for the first time. I touched my first boob at summer camp uh, as, you know, <laughs> boobless as it was. Um, <laughs> and, you know, middle school. Hello. Well, um, <laughs> and so, it, you know, oh. there's just so much stuff that goes on at camp and so i i remember i was telling bobby like when we were driving oh my god i think god is saying don't say these don't tell these stories whatever that noise was i don't know if anybody heard that but i heard that uh, i wasn't sure what that was i was heard a low hum and i was like is that on my end or is that <laughs> no no that that was a, a chair screeching above me apparently oh okay <laughs> uh so uh, you know it was just a lot of fun and uh I think it's so funny that that Bobby like was listening to me with rapt attention uh, and also like confusion and a little disgust when I was telling her about what we do at camp. And, you know, for my favorite camp that I went to and people will make fun of me and have made fun of me for this was ranch camp. And we, <laughs> okay. slept, in, we slept in covered wagons and we rode horses all day long. And uh, the our, our shower house was this like disgusting, like bunker uh, with water that's reeked of sulfur. So rotten eggs, it's we're showering in rotten eggs. And so everybody at this camp, you know, all 15 to 20 of us smelled oh. like rotten eggs, but this it was, is, it was yeah. like, you know, you, you build these relationships and this camaraderie and you keep in touch with these people for, you know, the next year. And then you see them at camp and, it's, I don't know, it's such a cool thing that I, I don't even think it's possible to kind of do that anymore nowadays because with, you know, technology and so many kids are involved with sports and stuff, nobody really has time to, I only went to camp for a week at a time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if I could do a whole, you know, three months of camp, like a lot of these movies talk about, uh, but I don't know if anyone has time anymore for this stuff, but it, I mean, it was the greatest time of my life. I loved it. Well, no, that sounds fun. I mean, it's, it's fun for you. I, you wouldn't describe the ranch camp. It's not like my own personal hell, but that's, that's me. <laughs> that's, I'm a very indoorsy person. Like I, probably part of the reason I didn't go to camp is because I never pushed the issue with my mom um, because I didn't want to go. It's funny you bring up the week, the week by week thing, because these movies always portray like this going on for like a pretty long time. Like I think yeah. at least two months, like a big oh, yeah. bulk of your summer. Yep. Like I know we're late. Like I live in Virginia and I feel like we do summer vacation later than we, we go from like mid June to labor day. And I know a lot of my mom's from Indiana and those kids would always be out by like May, end of May and go back in like August. Um, but, but the movies are always like basically two, like June, July, some maybe June to August, you're at camp, which is like right. a very long time to be. Yes. It's, very um, long time. My favorite summer as a child that I can remember when I was like 12 or 13 was like at my grandma's house. She had a neighborhood pool. We go to every day. I come back and play video games and watch TV. And it was great. And I'd stay up late <laughs> and watch like, like Howard Stern, which I've been watching and watch like Conan O'Brien. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, this is my dream. I'm just like, I'm a king here. I wake up, I go to the pool. I play video games. I watch TV. I stay up late. It's great. That's my perfect summer. Uh, so like, I would never want to be gone for two months in the outdoors and uh, yeah the sulfur water really was the nail in the coffin on your 
<laughs> your ranch trip. I was like, okay, maybe not so bad. Um, uh, well, I mean, you, know, you, you also, you know, wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go scoop horse shit from the corral and Jesus. This and all that stuff. And, and then like, you know, eat the, each group of kids is a sign. Like you got KP duty. Um, that's kitchen duty. So like you, you have to cook breakfast. The only time we ever got to experience, uh, air conditioning was for lunch. We would go back to the main camp, uh, to the mess hall and have, have lunch with the rest of the campers. And it was always sort of like the, the, uh, who knows what they thought of us, but I always thought the the ranch camp kids were sort of like the cool kids coming into camp. They probably uh-huh. thought we were the giant freaking nerds, but there was always this sort of rivalry. You know, you always see in camp movies, you know, like the, the final competition, right? And that oh. really happens at, at camp, but like it's usually two camps against each other. Well, uh, for us, it was like ranch camp versus the normal camp kids, um, who we kind of, you know, competed against or, or looked down upon each other. Um, and then we'd all come together for like the, the, we do a dance, uh, one of the last nights and, and, uh, and then like, that's, I, I remember that's <laughs> my first, I don't know if you call her girlfriend was this girl, Carrie Oren. I can't believe I still remember her name, but <laughs> we, uh, I was ranch camp. She was regular camp, but we would swim together uh, every day. Our camps would mingle there and at lunch. And then uh, for the camp dance, we all came together. And then she and I went out and, and like walked, you know, through the forest holding hands. And then we, we kissed. And I mean, I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13. And believe me, I was not a cool kid, especially mm-hmm. back at home. I was a gigantic fucking nerd. Uh <laughs> But at camp, like you're a completely different person. You can be whoever you want. And like, I felt like I was the cool kid at camp and like I was kissing a girl at camp and back home, like girls wouldn't touch me with a 10 foot pole type of thing. And it's it's just a very different thing. And again, like I said, like we didn't have cell. I mean, this is, you know, the early nineties, we didn't have cell phones back then. Nobody had cell phones back then. Nobody had their tablets or computers or anything. And, and like most of us that went to that camp were, you know, pretty lower middle class. So none of us had, you know, we didn't play video games even. And so it wasn't a big deal going away for a week and having to leave everything behind at home because fuck, we didn't have anything back at home besides playing outside with our friends. So, uh, you know, it was just a nice uh, thing to be able to get away. And then when I got to be a, a counselor, God, that was, it was the, like, we'd go a couple of days, just like they do in the movies. The counselors would go a couple of days before the campers come and, you know, we'd freaking hang out together and, and we, we wouldn't drink, but, um, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was just so cool to be able to kind of graduate from camper to counselor. Uh, and I miss it every time summer comes around, man, I'm like, Oh, summer camp. I miss it. I miss it. I do. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I mean, it's funny because, uh, well, first of all, I called you everyone's favorite camp counselor in the intro, and I forgot that was true, that you actually were a camp counselor. <laughs> so <laughs> that worked out. And uh, these movies do make me kind of wish that I had gone to a camp at least like one summer and tried it, because that's a good point. I feel like that if you, whenever you were back home, you could go to camp and have a fresh start with these people. Yep. Like, I, I can't, well, I, okay. I say I went to a camp. I wouldn't call it a camp. I went to like, the AFI film 
camp, I think they called it. In one, it was one week camp at Disney my like junior year of high school, between junior okay. and senior year. And I felt much cooler there. <laughs> it was like yeah. people didn't know who I was. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but that was not roughing it. We were like in Disney hotels and yeah, it was not, it was not camp, but it, <laughs> they called it camp, but um, to make a movie basically. And uh, yeah, so that's my camp experience, but it's not like these camp movies and these camps kind of make sure I went, went to camp of some kind because they make it seem pretty fun. Um, yeah. And pretty cool. But I, I don't think I could have done it for like two months so maybe like two weeks, but not like, not like two or three months. I think I would have been like begging to go home. That's the other thing. I'm kind of like a, <laughs> my home buddy so i get home right. super easily so um but no they i i watch these movies i'm like oh maybe i should have gone could have got some good experiences i don't know <laughs> you know i i think i think it's a, a good experience uh but it's a very particular point in time i think the 80s and the 90s it, it would be completely different today you know and i know they still do yeah. summer camps today yeah. but it would be completely different it's a very it's probably more monitored uh, kids not, you know, roaming wild in the middle of the night, going to make out with their camp boyfriend or girlfriend or, uh, you know, uh, sneaking off to skinny dip, which I didn't do, but I know the other kids did, you know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, that's, I can't imagine that shit's happening at camp now in 2022. Yeah. I was watching these movies wondering like, cause I don't, I think the latest movie on here is from like 1985. I think yeah. so I'm like how many of these camps even still exist like these like full-on like summer camps that go the whole time there's a lot of like week-long camps you can do like locally probably and things like that but like like full-on two-month you leave home summer camps and you're probably not disconnected if you are gone for that long and they probably don't take the kids cell phones away you know what I mean or <laughs> like so no. they probably can contact anybody they want anytime there's like a feeling of like you're free from your parents for like two months of yeah, being well, disconnected. yeah. Well, I, I think uh, so. So this camp that they followed in, in this episode of This American Life that I was talking about, um, I looked that camp up. It's still functioning. Mm -hmm. And two of the campers or two of the counselors that they interview on that episode are now the camp owners, which is really cool to think about. Uh, but it this camp is it's technology based like they have different you know, courses, they have, you know, speed boats and jet skis. And I mean, it's a rich kid camp for sure. Uh, but I, I think it's one of those, uh, like in one of these, in one of the movies we're going to talk about, uh, the, the dad is like, oh, we can go to, you know, Europe for two months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of these parents do. They ship their kids off to these rich kid camps that they know are, are safe and they're paying God knows $10, <laughs> yeah. $10,000. I think it is for this Lake of the woods is what it's called. $10,000 for two months. Uh, and then mom and dad can go flitting off to, you know, Italy or whatever, Tokyo, wherever they're going. Sorry, we're going to Sweden, son. We'll see you. We'll see you in two months. Like, yeah. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. It probably, it seems very expensive too. I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. You pay for two whole months and there were two, shows that i liked back in the day that kind of tie into this they were they were reality shows based on camps there was one on disney channel called like bug juice bug juice yeah yes okay which i was really my sister really into the show and i was surprised i didn't go to camp after watching this show because it seemed pretty fun there was an mtv they, i don't know if it became a series or was it just a like a two-part documentary and it was called fat camp i mean that's i don't know that's just what it's called it was fat uh, camp and yeah. uh that made it seem that was a good because listen i was a 
chubby boy. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not much of a skinnier adult, but uh, I was like, wow, at fat camp, I could have been like pretty popular. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're not the outcast there because everybody yeah. is having some kind of like, you know, weight issue. That's why they were sent there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's not cool to call them fat camps anymore, but that's what two of the movies called them. And so like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine like they even have those types of camps anymore. Cause that, you know, that's promoting a, an unhealthy uh, living style and all that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I know they existed because I knew some kids that went to fat camps and I don't know what they, I don't even think they called them fat camps, but of course the kids were like, yeah, I'm going to fat camp this summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they, they all, they, the MTV show, like everybody lost weight, but it's a very controlled environment. So they probably exactly. all gained it back. I know I would have pretty quickly. Like yeah. I get to go home and eat ice cream and not, you know, run around every day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, those kind of shows, I was like, I should have gone to camp, but Oh, well, uh, I, it's too late now. So I'll just watch movies about them and that'll be good yeah, enough. Cause there you go. <laughs> um, I do enjoy a summer camp movie, which is another reason we're doing this. It's summer. We like these movies, you know, so we got five. Um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to tell them right off the bat. I'm going to go through them, just unveil them one by one. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you up. I did bookend this with my two favorites. Okay. So my two favorites are the first and the last one. So, uh, we're going to start with camp nowhere. Hell yeah. From 1994. Wish I'd look that. Yes, up. that's right. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Camp Nowhere, which if you've seen the movie accepted <laughs> with Justin Long and Jonah Hill and a bunch of other people, uh, it's basically the same idea because it's a group of kids who don't want to go to the summer camps their parents chose. One is like a technology computer camp. One is another fat camp. The, mm -hmm. That girl is not even chubby. Not, we'll get into that. Not even. <laughs> it's yeah, insane. We'll that, right. uh, yeah. Uh, one's a drama camp and one's a military camp. They don't want to go to those camps. So they these four kids get together. They hire Christopher Lloyd, who works at a tea <laughs> shop in a mall. Like a cheese. cheese yeah. yeah. And he's they, hawking easy cheese in the mall. <laughs> exactly. And they they hire him to like, you know, because they can't do all the paperwork and all these things about an adult, obviously. So they get him and it's supposed to be just the four of them and Christopher Lloyd kind of like just being their, you know, adult to get stuff done. And then it gets out of hand because other kids find out as kids do, they talk, kids find out it becomes like a, a thing. Dozens of children go to this camp and then you have camp. We're, nowhere talk, we're talking children. These are not teenagers. <laughs> these are They're like children. middle school age children. And I was thinking like, I think Anthony would have been right at these kids ages in 94. Oh, yes. Yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> so I'm very curious your thoughts. I can't know because I was a little younger, which was still cool to me because I'm like, oh, these kids are so cool. You know, they're like middle schoolers. I'm like seven or eight when I'm watching this, probably. And I'm like, oh, these kids are cool. And I was like, hey, I think it's probably right on the right in line with these kids. Um, so, yeah, Camp Nowhere, a movie I watched an ungodly amount of times as a child, like a, a movie I never I don't think I actually owned, but rented many many times in the video yeah. store love camp nowhere um anthony i want to hear your thoughts on camp nowhere <laughs> uh yeah I, i'm the same age as as you know who's it jonathan jackson and mm -hmm. uh I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you right now i'll start by saying uh the girl that plays gabby uh her name is melody k uh-huh i was absolutely in love with her <laughs> me too and she's me, the girl that that was <laughs> yes. quote, quote, fat she no she's not even portly <laughs> she's not thick she's nothing that's gross calling a 12 year old thick uh like she's 
they you know they have this this poor girl wearing like super baggy sweaters and stuff like that right. to make her look like that um but you know i first off i love uh and i still do I tried to, I picked this movie as one of my double feature picks on my show with Rock and Roll High School. Oh, okay. Lance and Erica from Unsung Horrors Run. And I think Lance had seen this when he was a kid. Erica had never, and, you know, she was like, that sounds like the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I got to say, if you didn't grow up with this movie, I can't imagine you're going to like it now because, uh, I, I will say it's it's 100 nostalgia for me it's really yeah. ridiculous and silly <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but i still love it i you know we watched it with the boys and they loved it uh because my boys are fucking cool that's why um but you know i like you said i was the same age as these kids when this movie came out and i completely understood you know at this point i had been going to camp for Oh, I think two years. I think I started going to camp when I was nine or 10. And uh, I was, you know, this premise of kids running to camp by themselves. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I, because I, and don't get me wrong, I loved every single camp counselor I had going to camp. Uh, but you could just imagine what if it's just us kids, the shit that we would get into? It would be so fun. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I really related to Mud Morris played did, by yeah. Jonathan Jackson because uh, I was a smart kid. I was a rule follower, uh, but I also, you know, w- wanted to be independent at that, you know, 12 year olds. Come on. We all like want to start <laughs> kind of being our own person and, and doing our own things when we're around that age. And so I really related to this kid. And, and then, you know, he gets the girl at the end, he gets the, the, the girl that I had a crush on. I'm like, Oh my God, this is just so perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have always loved this movie. And when Kino put it out a couple years ago, I immediately snatched it up on Blu-ray. Uh, and I watch it every single summer, all these, every movie we're going to talk about today, I watch every single year it sounds like we had very similar experiences except me being a little younger but yeah. I, it's so funny because it's it's weird okay i feel this sounds weird but i was younger than this girl when this came out the the girl gabby that i had a huge crush on and now to watch it back I'm like oh i had a huge crush on that girl it just feels kind of weird but like i was like i was a child who was like oh that and it's funny because my first like serious high school girlfriend looked just like her oh yeah i look back and i was nice. like oh i had a type okay got it like <laughs> and it's funny because they're really they push the other girl uh, played by Marnette Patterson, I think still acts. This yep. other girl is like the the hot popular one. And I was like, right. ah, I'm not interested. I like the girl with the short brown hair who's air quotes chubby, um, right. which I think they put more on her mom for being like a crazy mom who's just like, you know, you can't have any fat on you basically. I want you to be skin and bones, like, right. which is fucked up in its own way. But um, that's so funny. But yeah, because I was just so in love with that girl when I saw this movie. I was like, I such a huge crush on her. And I related to Mud too, even though I thought, I thought like, I was like, Mud, you shouldn't be this unpopular because like, yeah, you're smart and you're a little small, but I'm like, you look like every boy who was like a hot teen crush in the nineties. I feel like he had the, yeah. he had the look, but oh, he, guess, uh, yeah. you know, very Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, 
I think the other reason why I really like this movie is that you have these four different kids. You got Zach, who's the bully, played by Andrew Keegan. Is it Andrew Keegan? Yeah, yeah, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and again, bully in air quotes, like he's trying to be the bully, but he's actually not. And then you got Mud, and then you have you know your your blonde cheerleader type, and then you have the the nerdy you know freckled brunette who's the quote fat girl but they're all friends outside of school and so i that was another thing that when i was a kid i was the type who was just i I was friends with everybody like i i didn't care if you played sports or if you were a computer nerd or whoever you were like i was a nice i was always a nice kid and i was just friends with everybody friendly with everybody i should say and so it was, it was, again, that was another way I could relate to Mud, uh, that you have these four kids who, uh, you know, hang out together outside of school. And it's not like they uh, have to sneak around and be friends outside of school, because obviously, like when the rest of the school finds out their, their plan for the summer, like nobody's like, what, you four together? Get out. <laughs> everybody's just like yeah we're all gonna fucking hang out this summer and go nuts and maybe skinny dip <laughs> <laughs> just yeah another weird touch but yeah no i it's like i mean that's <laughs> probably what kids would do um uh i was what was I gonna say i have so much about camp nowhere like the idea of yeah he brought up like just having no parents around it's complete anarchy because it's just children it's a borderline lord of the flies at some point because they oh, just absolutely. are like yeah. You know, they're trying to keep order, but it's like half the time the main kid Mud is like trying to talk and nobody is listening to him. You know, it's like they just there's a couple of guys who were like dicks who were like other bullies who just don't care what he says. Um, and there's one part that I again as a kid it was super cool when they so they have they all have their parents' money to go to camp because Christopher Lloyd does this whole like shtick where he goes to everybody's houses and plays <laughs> different roles. Like this this feels like a Robin Williams role where they couldn't get Robin Williams. Because there's so many different characters he's playing and so many yeah. voices he's doing. Like, it feels like a real Robin Williams thing in the 90s. But Christopher Lloyd, who I love, from back, obviously Back to the Future, um, he does it pretty well. He does, like, a military thing. He does, like, a, a drama teacher. He does uh, the nerdy tech guy. Uh, he does, like, a Richard Simmons the Richard type. Simmons, yeah. <laughs> like, so he goes and convinces all these parents to send their kids to his specific camp. So they have all this money from their parents. They have thousands upon thousands of dollars, it seems mm-hmm. like. And at one point, they buy all this oh, stuff kids would buy. Oh, Super yeah. soakers and TVs and all kinds of shit. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this is the dream right here. Absolutely. This, like, <laughs> like, and it's it's chaos. And uh, it's funny because it it almost feels kind of... I mean, I guess the, the threat of is looming if they get found out. It's kind of it's kind of plotless almost for a while where it's like we're just having a great time, but we also can't get found out by the authorities. And there's some people kind of investigating like M. Emmett Walsh shows up as a guy who who yeah. really wants to catch Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, because it's like his last case where he retires. And uh, speaking of Back to the Future, Biff. Um, yeah, oh, Thomas F. Wilson. Thomas Wilson is like the local cop who's kind of oh, onto yeah. them. Like, so that's all happening. And then I love the whole sequence at the end when like basically somehow a parent's day comes up and the yep. parents are like, 
we're going to come see your camp. Everyone's like, shit, they're coming to the camp. So then they have to coordinate. This is a great, this is still a great sequence when they have to coordinate Super great. Love four it. different camps back to back to back. Um, and they do the military camp and the drama camp and the computer camp and the weight loss camp all in the same place and get the parents in and out. And it's a really fun whole, I mean, it goes on for the last, like, I think like 20, 30 minutes of the movie, but um yeah, it's so much fun. I just, I, that part is still great. I was telling my friend about Camp Nowhere. One thing I noticed is like, I, I remember this being funnier, but there, I don't think there's a whole lot of like even jokes. There's not even like, it's more just like watching kids have fun, which yeah. is fun as a kid. But I'm like, this isn't as funny as I remember. <laughs> like, I still, I still enjoy it, but I'm like, I don't think there's many, there's much comedy as I remember in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that. I think you're right there because one, for me, I think it's just the nostalgia that plays into it when I watch it now. Um, and two, like when my boys watched it, I think they were, you know, like when I watched it when I was a kid thinking, God, just imagine this would be so freaking awesome to have a summer on your own. And as a matter of fact, I got home this afternoon and Eben, my nine-year-old says, dad, can I move my bedroom to the basement? And so like, he's already wanting this, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> independence. And I was like, uh, of course not because you're nine years old, but soon. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, you know, I, it's, it's fun to be able at, as a dad to be able to show my kids these movies and have them dream just like I did when I was watching these movies, when I was their age. And, you know, I, you mentioned the cast on Camp Nowhere. Let's, let me run down some names real quick. So you have Christopher Lloyd as sort of the, the guy they use to, to get the camp. And he's on the run from Debt Collector, played by, you mentioned, M. Emmett Walsh shows up uh, doing his best. Uh, uh, well, what the fuck is his name? Well, I guess it's M. Emmett Walsh. Is, that's really what he does. But um and so when Christopher Lloyd goes around to the to the different kids houses, he goes to Mud's house, his dad, uh, played by Peter Scolari, mm -hmm. doing a perfect Ned Flanders. <laughs> so Ned Flanders. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, when he came on, Eben was like, oh, my God, is that Ned Flanders? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they go to Trish's house. Trish is the, the blonde girl and her mom is Kate Mulgrew course from star trek um voyager she plays mm -hmm. the captain on that um and and then you have so they go and buy the camp or rent the camp for the summer from burgess <laughs> meredith i had who, forgotten this one scene with burgess meredith shows up you know i yeah. i think it was one of those things like uh hey we know burgess maybe he knew jonathan prince or something uh jonathan prince the director and Jonathan's like, hey, Burgess, can you come and, you know, work for an hour real quick? <laughs> and, you know, he's he's so great uh, in this movie. But then you have like this is Jessica Alba's first movie. She doesn't have any lines, but she's one of the kids at the camp. And, yeah. Yeah. I was uh, oh, Jessica Alba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's I don't know. It's just one of those movies where it's fun to to watch uh, different people show up. But it's it is all about just watching the kids have fun and go wild. And then and then it becomes this kind of house of cards thing, like you were talking about the parents' day. Are they gonna get through this uh this con 
that they're putting on and it's really exciting it's very thrilling like you honestly you know you're you're really tense when you're watching this and so <laughs> i think it's uh, like like i keep saying nostalgia plays a lot into this movie but it's not a bad movie by any means i think it's it's well directed it's well written uh and you know no bad acting i don't know i think the kids are fucking great in this yeah i was i i will say i was really impressed with the kids performances because sometimes you watch like these movies back that you loved as a kid and they don't hold up quite as well and sometimes it's like the kid performances but um i i thought the kids were all still really good and it feels um i know i feel like they they play it where it feels authentic they're in this ridiculous situation that like i don't think it could happen, but it would it would fall apart. I mean, I, I guess I'll kind of spoil the ending. Anybody you could probably know where it's going. Like they get busted at, at near the end. They almost get away with the whole charade, and then it falls apart at the very end. They're literally celebrating that they think they've won, and then pe- the parents all find out. There is. I was thinking, there's no chance Christopher Lloyd does not go to jail for this. Oh, he <laughs> would. He would be. He would still be in prison to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody gets off scot free. The money is gone. The money that they, yeah. it's like yep. Mr. Lord has been at a camp with children that are not his for two months. I mean, nothing, yeah. obviously nothing weird happened, but it's no. like the optics of it are terrible. Like yes. um, at one point there is a, a doctor in the town, a female doctor who becomes a love interest for Christopher Lloyd, uh, whose name I'm forgetting. I thought it would jog my memory there. She's very pretty. I don't remember uh, the record. Oh, cute. Woman. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. I was like, go Christopher Lloyd. Uh, she, uh, but anyway, they, she, oh, Wendy McKenna is the actress. Yeah. Dr. Dunbar. Okay. So this doctor treats mud because he gets hurt on like (laughs) the most dangerous thing to do is like 4th of July. They're just like, this is totally a kid thing. It's like, we have fireworks. Let's put them on our helmets and, and like rollerblade down a dock into the water, you know, or skateboard down a dock. (laughs) And he gets hurt doing that. They go to a doctor and uh, you know, she's a little suspicious. I don't know if she's suspicious at all, but then they, she comes to their house and then she finds out eventually. And then she goes along with it. I was like, this doctor, would not allow right. this shit to happen. She's like, okay, I, well, I got to check on these kids and make sure they're all right. I'm like, this is bananas. And then at the end, everyone gets away scot-free. Christopher Lloyd just drives off. They have some line. Tom Will says, Bell, like, oh, I can't believe it. No one's going to press charges. Like, I can't believe either, Tom Will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, all the kids are fine and they had a great time, but I still feel like it's not going to fly. <laughs> no, oh, no. It's, yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but total wish fulfillment. Yeah. That it's just, everything's fine. Yeah. No, I I, I'm with you. And, uh, I, I just realized that, uh, Wendy McKell, um, McKenna, she plays sister Mary Robert from the sister act movies. And so, you know, the, the quiet one who they end up getting whoopee gets her to sing really well. I have not seen, I have not seen the second one. I know I have not seen the first one. So I was probably like the same age I was watching Camp Nowhere with my mom oh, or same. something. Yeah, no, no, no I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably uh, Wendy McKenna is playing Sister Mary Robert, who went through this, you know, sort of eye-opening experience with uh, with Dolores, played by Whoopi. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know what? I'm going to go be a doctor in this small town and <laughs> uh, wherever the hell, you know, New York or wherever they're supposed to be. Um, and so like nothing really surprises her anymore. And so she's like, Oh, that's really sweet of you, Christopher Lloyd. I'm going to still run off with you at the end of the movie. So nothing, <laughs> nothing shocks her anymore. No, no. She's really good. I mean, I, I do feel like everyone's pretty good. And like, I guess that helps kind of, 
like ground the movie in a weird way. Like if you know, yeah. it, no one's playing it like they're buffoons. I feel like everyone's playing it like it's pretty, like you know, I don't know. They're just doing a pretty good job. And uh, there's a worse, there's a way worse version of this that feels like more over the top and sillier. And you know, I don't know how to describe it. There's just real genuine moments in here that I'm like, that still works. And uh, yeah, I, it's hard to describe how much I love this movie as a kid because I really, I really thought as a like a seven or eight year old, like, oh. This is going to be my experience. I become like a 13 year old or whatever, like a middle schooler. I'm like, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to meet some girl who's kind of nerdy. And like, we'll be, they have this great conversation about like mud and, and, um, oh my God, Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Right? Yep. they, in like a bus about like, it's like, we're both nerds. It's like, we should only date other nerds like that. And like, it's like nerds only. And then it comes back to the end of the movie. But, um, I was like, this is going to be middle school. It did not turn out as cool as Camp Nowhere, but <laughs> I still, I had hope. I was like, oh man, this this could happen one day. Um, unfortunately, it did not. So, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Accepted I brought up with Justin Long? No, I haven't. It is and, Anthony Gets Bananas. It's like a sequel to Camp Nowhere. It's like the same oh, premise. <laughs> he wants to go to, He, I think he his parents want to go to a college he doesn't want to go to. So he makes up a fake college and then all his friends get in on it. And they make up a fake college, and the and their Christopher Lloyd is Lewis Black, basically. Oh, He's shit, like man. the the fake dean of their fake college, and it's like it's insane. I was like, is this like a? No one's involved. I think in Camp Nowhere. It just is like the same premise, but with a college. But it's a pretty wow. funny little comedy. It's not going to blow your mind or anything, but um, I I like it. It's very watchable. So. <laughs> Um, nice. Yeah, I I think the like you were saying the the way worse version of this was probably like a, you know, a Disney channel original movie type of thing, yeah. how, you know, yeah. <laughs> how, how cheesy and awful those are. Imagine that this, um, and this is not, I always thought this was a Disney movie until Kino yeah. announced it on Blu-ray. I'm like, that's not Disney. Really interesting. <laughs> it's so, funny enough. I couldn't find my Kino Blu-ray when I was, and it's on Disney plus. Oh shit. It is. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a touchstone movie. Yeah, or oh, Hollywood Pictures movie, or some it's some like sub company of Disney in the 90s uh, because it kind of pushes the envelope for Disney. It's not like it's super edgy, but like there's some oh, they try to buy beer at one point. That's a pretty funny sequence. I mean, that I feel like Disney would push back on some of like there is a <laughs> there's a very kind of weird scene at the very end of the movie. These are middle schoolers too, so it's even weirder. Uh, yeah, like... Walter is like you know the horniest <laughs> middle school kid in the world. So and and you know what? There are kids like that. So more yeah, power yeah. to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just kind of a weird scene, a, a joke about skinny dipping. It doesn't actually turn out to be anybody doing that, but it, he gets kind of pranked, and I, it just seems a little risque for Disney. I thought because yes, Disney's right. so squeaky clean. And yes. um, another movie we'll talk about is also a Disney movie that I think pushes it a little bit. With some of the language I was surprised by. That yeah. It's like, so, but we'll get to that one. But, uh, but yeah, this one, another one, both on Disney Plus, because they're both Disney 90s, when the movies had a little bit of edge in the 90s, just a little bit. Yeah. So, cool. um, I can't think what I'll say about Camp Nowhere. I do still love, I love Camp Nowhere. It has, I can see the, the chinks in the armor, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, I can see the flaws, but like, I don't care, basically. And I don't know how it would play for anybody who's an adult watching this, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, here's what, you know, if, if you uh, don't hate your life or have a black heart and soul and you like to smile, then you can find some enjoyment in camp nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, and again, it's on Disney Plus. If you want to check it out, I'd be curious. I know we have friends like Daniel Epler who are a little younger than us. I don't know if he's seen it. I would love to hear his thoughts on it if he wants yeah. to watch it. No, no pressure, Daniel. But like, just just <laughs> Preston, maybe if you guys want to watch Camp Nowhere and let us know uh, if you've ever seen it, it will have plays as an adult because I'm really curious. So, um, but yeah, Camp Nowhere's great. I love it a lot. And um, yeah, so okay, that's all I have on Camp Nowhere. So we'll move from Camp Nowhere to a camp I know. It's pretty much only for rich kids, which is Space Camp. <laughs> Space Camp from 1986 with an, a star-studded cast. I mean, Huge. holy shit. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, And I'll say this. I saw Space Camp just recently this year, maybe like two months ago, because you talked about it at this movie. <laughs> and, and I'd already bought the Blu-ray, but I think you talked about it again. I was like, I got to watch Space Camp immediately. <laughs> And like, I talked about it on at this movie. I think so. I don't know where else you would have brought it up. I think yeah. you you sold it somewhere. And maybe it wasn't this movie, but you definitely talked about it. Huh. And I was like, I gotta watch that. Oh wait, am I thinking of the Kino episode me and you and Daniel did? Uh, I think that's well, yeah, because it's a Kino disc, right? Right. Yeah, it's only on Blu-ray too. Space Camp yeah. is not streaming anywhere, which is yes. weird. But um, that's what it was. Okay, never mind. So I take that back. So it was our our, our uh, Kino episode of, of Cobwebs where you brought up space camp <laughs> and uh, I think Daniel watched it. And then I was like, I got to watch space camp. What an entertaining movie. <laughs> like it makes camp nowhere look like a grounded documentary. And it's, it's, it's uh, because it's, space camp gets so ludicrous. <laughs> um, do you want to set up space camp? Cause I feel like you're more familiar with it. Than I am. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, l- let me say this uh, years ago, I had a podcast uh with some friends here in town and we ended up doing a summer camp movie and (laughs) we also talked about five movies and it's the same five movies minus one that we're talking about on this episode matt so i thought that was funny and (laughs) and i was introduced my friend rob so the deal was we would all pick a movie on this theme and then we bring it we watch it and then we talk about all these movies my friend Rob picked Space Camp and I'd never heard of it. So I watched it for the first time, I don't know, six, seven years ago, whenever it was. And uh, I loved this movie. And so I hadn't watched it. I think I watched it maybe rewatched a couple of years ago, uh, but hadn't watched it since until this uh, just a couple of days ago when we watched with the family and uh, so it's about uh, rich kids who come to space <laughs> camp at NASA down in Alabama and, or it's filmed in Alabama. Are they at, I think they're at that camp that is okay. in Alabama and they're, yeah, it's all. Yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they're, they're filming at the, the NASA camp in, in Alabama. And um, I mean the, the cast of these kids. So it, it opens with Tom Skerritt <laughs> greeting his wife kate capshaw uh after a flight of some sort and you know she didn't get the job for the i think you know space shuttle flight crew and he runs the space camp and so he says well you didn't get that why don't you come do space camp with me so we go to space camp and we meet our campers that include leah thompson Kelly Preston, RIP, rest her soul. Mm-hmm. Larry B. Scott from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Tate Donovan 
and a little boy called Lee Phoenix, who we all know as Joaquin Phoenix. And who, by the way, is really fucking great. I've always thought Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor, but Jesus, as a kid too, just blows you away. He's so good. So these kids, uh, Kate Capshaw is sort of their team leader and, and they, they each get assigned a uh, function of running the space shuttle uh, for pretend. And along the way, they also come across... <laughs> It's like a BB-8 type of droid. <laughs> it's very close to BB-8, who, yeah. Who fucks, I mean, just everything up. I mean, <laughs> like the cause of the greatest lawsuit in the history of mankind. Uh, but anyways, their team is chosen to go sit in the actual Atlantis uh, space shuttle while they're doing an engine test uh, to experience that. And so the night before... Jinx, which is the name of this droid, like plugs himself into the NASA mainframe or some shit. And he's like, <laughs> uh, send Max to space. How? And Max is played by Lee Phoenix, who is like has befriended this droid. So, anyways, they're all Kate Capshaw and the kids, they're all in the space shuttle, like they're pretending they're gonna fly it. And uh, they do an engine test, but it starts to overheat, and the only way. Uh, to have it not explode and kill everybody is to <laughs> launch their asses into space, which they do. <laughs> yes, they launch a bunch of children into outer space. <laughs> uh, and, oh. Yeah, and, and then you have uh, Terry O'Quinn, who I just love to death. Oh, yeah. Terry yeah. O'Quinn is sort of our our uh, uh, commander, you know, Houston commander uh, down in the what do you call that? The command center or whatever. Yeah. The command center. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they get up into space and they're like, you know, this is the only way, but it'll be fine because we can get them back home. And <laughs> uh, bl bless her heart. My wife was just like, what the fuck? This is so <laughs> stupid. And I was like, would you just, it's a movie. Calm down. Stop it. I love this movie. Don't ruin it. And she could not stop talking throughout the whole thing. Just being like, oh, <laughs> Oh, uh. <laughs> and oh. yes yes you will be making those sounds but try to contain yourself it's absolutely ridiculous uh they have to send leaf phoenix i don't know why i keep saying leaf uh the joaquin <laughs> phoenix uh in a spacesuit out to rescue kate capshaw who they they were running out of oxygen so they had to fly to the space station which was being uh still being built mm -hmm. but at the space station, which is just like a, a frame, like a, I mean, just like an open frame, they have oxygen tanks out there in the middle of nowhere for some reason. And like, okay, let's go to the space station and get the oxygen tanks so we can breathe and get back home. And so Kate Capshaw gets out there and she can't get them. So they send Lee Phoenix out and he's, you know, you have this like 10 year old kid fucking flying in space. <laughs> and, and then she uh, gets thrown back and like becomes uh, incapacitated. And now the kids have to figure out how to fly the space shuttle back home. And it's exciting as hell. Again, 
if you don't hate movies and you don't have a black <laughs> heart or a black soul and you like to smile and have fun, then you're going to have a lot of fun with this movie because it's super exciting. Yeah, I will, I will say, if you can get past how ridiculous it is that they launch children into space, then you, but the drama is very high in like the second half of the movie when they <laughs> are in space and all these things are going wrong. It's like, you know, um, I think communications get messed up at some point. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the air, the oxygen thing is happening because the, the the shuttle wasn't like quite ready to launch, so it wasn't full up on oxygen. Um, so you have to go to this other the space station being built and go out and physically get the oxygen tanks and and then okay, they got the tanks, but then oh shit, Kate Capshaw gets injured and they almost lose her because they're about to re-enter. Yeah, they're Earth. fucking dragging her with like the the hatch closed and they're just dragging her through space. Yeah, and she's over there. It gets she's like just let me go guys just just go you got to go without me and they're like we're not gonna leave you here to die in space and like it gets very intense and and you know and uh i mean these children have been at space camp for i would say three to four days and like they yes, it hasn't been, even been a week yeah and they are trying to pilot a space shuttle back to earth which seems <laughs> insanely difficult astronauts train for years to do this and these kids are like being walked through it and they're like i think i got it like he went through it one time in right. the simulator and it's like yeah i can figure it out uh it's it's bananas like i it's and yeah joaquin phoenix out there in a tiny little space suit i think they send him because he's the one that can fit through yeah he something. can fit his, his small hands can fit through and try to unhook the oxygen tanks yeah because i was like why the fuck they send the littlest boy out there to go into space it's like well we need to he needs to get his tiny hands in to get this the oxygen tank and it's just it's so it's so ludicrous the, the robot yeah the robot is every A's we had have a robot i guess like uh you know oh, yeah. rocky four and it's like it's just everybody put a robot in um yeah. the robot yeah has a typical like robot you know max i love you you are my friend like very like, typical robot voice but he loves max he's like i'm gonna get this boy into space that's all he wants and uh still kind of fucks it up he's still is like I, I was just like wow that they would allow children onto a, <laughs> a space shuttle at all is like or anybody who's not supposed to be on you know hey kids take a tour of the space shuttle like um i know it's not supposed to go off but it's like it still seems you know, risky, I would say, you know, um, and then it's like, oops, it's going into space now. So um, space camp is highly enjoyable. And again, the cast is incredible for what this movie is like. Um, it's it's yeah, more back to the future. Funny enough, after we got yeah, Christopher Lloyd true. and Tom Wilson, we get Leah Thompson. So um, who again, this is like a Camp Nowhere thing where it's like, someone's like oh she's like the frumpy one who's not popular with boys i'm like leah thompson's beautiful what are we doing oh my here? god she's so cute in this well yeah i mean the, god you can tell uh, i honest to god watching this i'm a little shocked that these uh four leah thompson tate donovan uh larry b scott larry b scott or williams what's his name Larry like, b scott Scott. Larry B. Scott, yeah, Larry Larry Williams wrote the screen. Larry B. Williams wrote the screenplay. Oh. Larry B. <laughs> Scott stars in the movie, uh, and Kelly Preston. I watching their performances in Space Camp, you would think that these four twenty somethings are going to go on to be huge stars because they are so fucking great in this movie, uh, and. Honestly, I think it's funny. 
Kate Capshaw, in in my opinion, delivers like the weakest performance. And she she's God, she's a terrific actor. Uh, but like it's her and these five kids up in space, and they're like walking all over her with their performances. Like they are <laughs> so much better than her. And so I it's just a little shocking to me. Uh that that four of them of course joaquin phoenix is one of the biggest stars in the world uh but god they're so fucking great how did they not have giant careers i think kelly preston may have but of course uh tragedy uh but it's you know i tate donovan i think is so damn good uh, i th- you know i remember him best from friends he was rachel's boyfriend on a few episodes of friends Oh, okay. Um, and he is super fucking funny on those episodes. But like watching this, he's great. And I think the biggest reason I love Space Camp is, yes, it's just one of the most ridiculous movies in the world. But it's such a great movie about teamwork because we get so many like sports dramas about teamwork. And ugh, I could give a shit about fucking football i cannot stand football movies (laughs) but like here's a movie about uh also you know a group of very different people working together to accomplish this very important mission uh and it has nothing to do with sports so i i don't know i think that's really cool because we don't get very many of those yeah and they all have their own skill sets in the movie and it's nice they all kind of encourage each other i feel like they all kind of doubt themselves and then they'll be like no no you got this you can do it like it's 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 kind of nice and i i was thinking like i feel like this cast got along really well and i don't know if you yeah. watch there's a uh interview on the blu-ray with leah thompson i watched a, when i first got the blu-ray it's and it's not it's like 10 minutes long and uh i was just curious because i was like i wonder what she had to say because i was surprised they even got the interview and yeah. it seemed pretty recent. And uh, at first it starts off like you think she hated the movie because she's like, well, let me tell you, it wasn't easy <laughs> um, because of all of the times when they are having to look like they are weightless like yeah. when they're in space. They have to basically just mime that because she yeah. said they they thought they had a plan how to do it. And they got to set the first day and they didn't know how to do it. So they just kind of were like, OK, well, we're going to put you in like a gimbal and spin the set around. You guys had to kind of move your arms like, whoa, right. we're weightless. And she said after day one, and she might be exaggerated, but she said we were 10 days uh, over budget. Or, uh, we were 10 days behind schedule. <laughs> after the <laughs> after first day. day. Wow. The first day. And then she said by the end of the whole thing, the budget had like doubled or something yeah. like did not sound like an easy movie to shoot. But she said, then she said, I feel bad. I'm selling these bad things, but I really didn't have a great time. And we she said the cast got along really well. And um, said, everybody loved Joaquin Phoenix. They were really protective of him because he was, of course, the, the littlest one. Yeah. And uh, but yes, it had nothing but nice things to say after that. I mean, to the cast, I, I think you could tell they all seem like they uh, get along pretty well. Like, um, yeah, no, it's 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 nice. There is. Uh, I'm always sad the one part when uh, Joaquin Phoenix, like the robot, his robot basically screwed something up for Tate Donovan because he was basically going to, I guess, hook up with Leah Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> and he got told on, he comes back and yells at poor little Joaquin Phoenix and he <laughs> seems so sad. And, and it's funny, this is, a, this is a very weird thing, a tangent, but like this is 86. So this is like just after the first Star Wars trilogy. And it's just weird to hear Star Wars reference so 
casually without all the bullshit that goes with Star Wars nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just a little thing I noticed. I'm like, oh, this is so nice that someone's just like referencing Star Wars 1986 before the internet. Uh, it's just yeah. like, oh, Star Wars references. Um, But yeah, jo- Joaquin Phoenix, like, I mean, he's just playing like a really like perky, happy little kid for the most yeah. part. Uh, and he's good. I mean, I like him. It's like, it's, it's funny because I can't imagine the actor he's become from this performance, but it's like, you know, I think he pops. So I think you could tell he's got something, but um, yeah, it's him and the robot. What a, what a beautiful friendship. <laughs> well, and the other cool thing is to think about like they're shooting, you know, at the actual space camp, like at the, the NASA, you know, lab or yeah. the launch site, like they're shooting on location and it's like, it's on unprecedented, uh, uh, access uh, they have like they're actually on location and like we're up by the space shuttle of course they're not like actually sitting in the space shuttle but like the fucking camera crew got to go up on the platform and stuff and it's super cool to be able to see that and i have seen i don't know if it's atlantis there's one in new york city uh on the aircraft carrier i don't know which space shuttle it is uh but when i first saw that in person i my mind was blown i had i mean you we've all seen pictures of the space shuttle but you have no idea how fucking big that thing is until you're right next to it it Mm -hmm. is incredible it i mean it's breathtaking and just to think like i got to you know you get to touch it and you're like this fucking thing has been in outer space that is and that is just amazing to think about. That is crazy. I, I was watching this too, thinking like, it does seem really cool to be able to go outer space, but also seems very scary because. Oh, I would. No, 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 thanks. Again, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass. Pass, but... pass, the, pass the light bulb. I'll eat the light bulb. Somebody else can go to space. It seems cool. But yeah, I wouldn't. I it, Too many little things go wrong and you're just, you're just done after that. I think it's just, it's, uh. And this movie does show that it's like any little thing goes wrong and it's, it's, it's trouble. Um, yeah. I was thinking like, was this fucking funded by NASA? Because it's, they let them have all access. It seems yeah. like they even, they're the first one they get thanked in the credits. It's yep. like the first thing in the credits is like, yep. thanks to the space station in Alabama. Um, but I mean, it, it does feel kind of like a long commercial for going to space camp. But I mean, I mean, if I was a kid, I saw this, I would have probably been sold. I'm like, can I go to space camp? <laughs> like, cause I don't know about you. We're we're close to the same age. So Space Camp, the only time I heard about Space Camp was like it was a it was like the grand prize on a lot of Nickelodeon game shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was like you, yeah, you yeah. you you've talked about this before. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> my my cousin went to Space Camp and she's actually uh on her way to becoming an astronaut. You know, oh, it takes wow. decades to be able to do that, but um, so she would always go to space camp. And again, that's, that's a rich kid's camp. Um, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like I, I never knew anybody until I met my friend Rob when we were adults and he said he, he and his sister went and, uh, it, it's, it's not too far off from the actual movie space camp, but they don't allow just anyone to sit in the you know, the gyro, whatever the fuck you call that thing, where it's... Yeah, that seemed Thompson. kind of... Yeah, Leah Thompson was not a gyro thing that rotates you all around, and yeah, that seemed yeah. a little intense for 
for children, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he said that there was like, they would allow only a couple kids uh, in the entire camp to do it. And he said, he remembers watching one kid who was from Texas uh, and always wore a cowboy hat. He was younger than Rob. He'd get, he got into the, the gyro thing, took his cowboy hat off and it started going. And he said, he just remembers uh, hearing the kid yell, Oh Lord. And then just <laughs> ralphed everywhere and like sprayed everywhere. Oh. <laughs> That's what I would imagine would happen. Most people are probably vomiting on it. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Like I get motion sickness. So I couldn't like even watching that. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That seemed tough. I was like, this would be very hard for anybody. And like Kate Cap. I mean, Kate Cap, even Kate Capital is not great because I feel like she has to yell at people a lot. She just She's has to like so be like mean in this movie. Mean, and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Leah, like, yeah, she's playing sort of the, and I don't, I don't like her character because like, I understand she's angry because she didn't get the job she wanted and now she's stuck with these kids, but like, she's so fucking mean to Leah Thompson. And then she's like, oh, it's because I, I want the best for you. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. You're a camp counselor. Calm down. <laughs> exactly yeah and i i didn't know anybody that went to space camp either it was like a dream like i didn't know yeah. i i only saw them those nickelodeon game shows like a grand prize like oh that's how i'll go to space camp but uh i just looked up before we started the episode i was like does space camp still exist it does if you want to send your kid it costs about uh 13 to 14 dollars for a week to go to space camp good lord man yeah yeah so uh that seemed pretty high so it was like it's still a rich kid camp i would say yeah oh yeah um but but yeah, so I mean, Space Camp's a ton of fun. If you can find the Kino Blu-ray for a reasonable price, I think it's still in print. I think it's worth picking up if you sound if you're even like oh, are yeah. remotely interested. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I highly recommend that. Like during a, a Kino sale, because I think it's it's kind of one of those perpetual things. Yeah, yeah, that's always a part of the Kino sale. I'm buying time here just for a second. I'm trying to see because if it's not streaming on the normal places it is on the youtubes oh okay you can watch it on youtube um only if i mean you should buy the blu-ray hello but <laughs> like it's not you can't even rent it anywhere yeah it's so weird that is really strange i have it's so bizarre yeah. i don't know what so, we'll be holding up the rights on this movie <laughs> yeah sorry uh but you know go uh well it's got to be the music in it uh they have some dire straits the uh, walk of life is in there he's got uh some eric clapton song when tate donovan pulls up in his jeep oh i kind of like that song there. yeah all, <laughs> all the music is fucking great in this like the actual um diegetic music is great but also the john williams score oh yeah let's not is, like i mention it's a fucking score by john williams <laughs> yeah like and, and it's the main theme for space camp is one of those that they like other movies have taken like how you know oh, uh, uh -huh. uh, castle rock pictures uh took the uh robin hood prince of thieves song or like like the braveheart theme is in a bunch of other movies the space camp theme you'll recognize that and the whole score is fabulous yeah it's a good score i'm like you most people probably wouldn't think of looking for a great John Williams score in space camp, but it's there. It oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just such a bananas movie. I felt really bad because Leah Thompson mentioned too, like, so they worked so hard on this movie and it went on for a long time. And I think it came out shortly after the Challenger explosion. 
Oh, yeah. And she said, like, nobody was in the mood for a fun yeah. kids and space movie. It was just not the time for uh for space camp so yeah because um, what challenger was 85 i think it was 86 i think it was the same year. 86 yeah i think that's what my friend rob was telling me when we were talking about this movie that's the reason this bombed is because of the challenger like nobody wanted to watch you know a space shuttle in peril yeah uh, with children they put they with, put with children, children in great yeah. peril in this movie Jesus <laughs> like, God, no kidding um yeah i mean it all works out in the end. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that they killed the children in space camp. <laughs> oh yeah, no, happy ending, happy ending. And yeah. and as a matter of fact, listen, I'm I'm an emotional movie watcher. I cry a lot, but I cried a couple times in this movie because it's 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 that exciting. Like I let myself get into the movie, and if you if you allow yourself to do that, you're gonna have a hell of a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's a fun time. I'm glad you uh, recommended it way back when because I finally watched it. And now I just want to point out, I've watched Space Camp twice this year, and I have still never seen Lawrence of Arabia. So I have that going <laughs> for me. I was like, all the movies I've never seen in my life, and I've seen Space Camp two times. <laughs> like, oh, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, oh, boy. Okay. Anything else on Space Camp? Or we, we want to move on? <laughs> oh, let's move on. Okay. Um, okay. Next one I'll go with, our third movie here. I think we're going to disagree a little bit on this one. Uh, it is Meatballs from 1979 uh, with Bill Murray, of course. Um, okay, so this was the one movie of the five that I had never seen before. And when you and I were kind of uh, throwing ideas back and forth for summer camp movies, um, there were a couple that I kind of left out because we had done What Hot American Summer way back me and Daniel and his wife Stephanie actually went on episode two. So Wet Hot Sum American Summer was out. Oh. I didn't want to do a Friday 13th because they've been talked about a lot and we did a Friday 13th episode a long time ago too. Um, sleepaway camp just fucking freaks me out too much. I do, the ending of sleepaway camp is one of the most traumatic memories uh, I've ever had. The, and it's the, it's, the, it's the frozen face, the way yeah, that oh, they, yeah. it is horrifying. I remember yeah, I watched that. Is. I was like an adult. I think I was like a late teenager old, like 17 or 18 or something. Maybe I, I was like, and I watched it in broad daylight for the first time. And was freaked the fuck out at the end. I was like, I don't like that face. I don't want to see that again. I can't even, <laughs> I cannot even look at that damn face. I'm, And I don't remember even liking the rest of the movie that much, but um, so I was like, no sleepaway camp. So it was like meatballs. I've never seen meatballs. I should probably finally see it. It's one of those comedies everyone talks about. It's Ivan Reitman. It's Bill Murray. <sighs> I, <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, I did not really enjoy meatballs that much. Uh, I had a tough time with this movie because it is so um, like completely formless. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm cool with like hangout movies. I mean, even the description of meatballs is just wacky hijinks of counselors and campers at a less than average summer camp. That's and that's the movie. It's just like it is just like a series of things happening at this camp uh, where Bill Murray is a counselor. And I mean, it's you know, it's very simple in its design. And I just, I didn't find it that funny. I just, I was, I was like, oh, I want to like this so bad. And I just could not get into it. Um, I, you know, I will say a couple things. I think Bill Murray makes the movie, like he's the engine that makes the movie go. Cause I cannot oh, yeah. even fathom the movie without him in it. <laughs> like um, as far like a star vehicle for Bill Murray 
yes, good. He does come off like a star. Um, I enjoy the meatballs theme song that plays, where it's yeah. like meatballs, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like meatballs, and that's pretty fun. Um, Bill Murray has a really good speech that's really funny. That's basically about it doesn't matter. It's like the refrain of that speech. <laughs> it's and I, I saw a lot of people reference it. Doesn't that, so. really matter. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. To get a bunch of people to chant, it doesn't really matter if it would be like the inspiring moment of the movie. It's like right. it's pretty great. Um so those were things I liked. Um I I just I I don't know. There was nothing else for me to grab onto. It was weird because it felt like the movie was living between wanting to be more risque but it wasn't that risque and it like should have picked it picked a lane. I felt like um, I, I expected to be like a, I thought it was like a hard R comedy with like nudity and all this stuff. And it's not that um, I'm not mad. I, just, I was surprised. I was like, yeah. I thought it'd be like a, like a sex comedy or something. And it's not really, there's actually a lot of like kids at the camp. Like I thought it'd be just all counselors goofing off. Um, I kind of liked Bill Murray and this kid. I think his name is Rudy have like a, like a mentorship yeah. relationship. Chris, that's, yeah, Chris Makepeace. Yeah, I, but, I, you know, otherwise I was like, I got nothing to grasp in this movie. Like, so that's my piece on Meatballs. I I saw your letterbox rating. So I feel like you like this more than me, but you say your piece now, please. Well, okay. So I watched this for the first time, uh, maybe last year. No, 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 no. It had to been um, when I did that, when we were th- that summer camp, movie episode that i did for this other podcast years ago and i did not like it i think i i came in i i was like you i thought it was going to be a sex comedy i thought it was going to be like a a lot lot funnier Mm -hmm. and so i initially gave it two stars on letterboxd oh that's right Uh, (laughs) but then i rewatched it today because i hadn't watched it for for a few years and i bumped it up to three and a half stars and I'll tell you why. So uh, the Chris Makepeace back in 1980, 79 or 80, he was in a movie uh, directed by Tony Bill called The Bodyguard with Adam Baldwin. And have you seen The Bodyguard, Matt? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so that's another Kino disc. Uh, I first heard about it from Brian Sauer. He's a huge fan of this movie. And so I bought the disc during a sale and watched it. And it it was one of my top 10 discoveries of whatever year that was I watched it for the first time and that's one I go back to every every couple of years uh it very well could be considered a sad vamper movies everybody loves uh, <laughs> knows how much I love sad movies oh so, yeah yeah <laughs> uh it's one of those and Chris Makepeace uh, it basically plays the same character uh that he does in Meatballs and Meatballs what year is this 79 so 79 he, yeah yeah he does meatballs and then he follows that up with uh my bodyguard and so in my bodyguard he kind of takes the it's like the rudy character uh but back home in new york city his dad played by martin mole who's always great uh and his grandma's ruth gordon and his dad is a hotel manager in new york city and excuse me uh, and so that is Rudy, uh, when he gets back from summer camp. So <laughs> that, that's an interesting thing. That is why I really enjoyed the movie this time when I watched meatballs, 
I love the relationship between Bill Murray and Chris Makepeace as again, uh, could be considered creepy. You, you don't want, you know, being a former youth pastor, you can't go, <laughs> you can't go one-on-one adult and kid anymore. Um, especially in a, in like your counselor's cabin alone in there. (laughs) Um, so you can't do that nowadays, but I thought that was a, such a sweet thing. And then it ends with, you know, sort of the camp Olympics against the Mohawks and, and Chris make peace has to win it for the, for the, uh, for the camp, the meatballs or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't even know what their mascot is, but (laughs) that's why I really enjoyed the movie this time. It's not all that funny. Bill Murray is obviously hysterical in this movie. Um, but I love it when, you know, w- we think about, you know, just within the past 10 years, Bill Murray has been, you know, sort of taken on some more serious roles, right? Mm-hmm. And it was in the 80s, the 70s and the 80s that he was, you know, just wild and crazy. And he was, you know, always high and drunk and blah, blah, blah. But you get a glimmer of that kind of seriousness, that sweetness in Meatballs. And this is 1979. So it's really refreshing to see Bill Murray, you know, Stripes, another one of my all-time favorites. He's super, of course, fucking goofy in that. And I love it. Um, It's like, you know, the Bill Murray that we know and love, but some of that sweetness. And he takes this kid under his wing and it's really special to watch. Um, I also like the... Uh, how he always picks on Mickey, the uh, the guy who runs the camp, uh, Morty. Uh, they call him Mickey, but Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, they're always teasing him and playing pranks on him. Uh, but I'm with you. It is sort of um, it's in this no man's land of. Do we want to be like this sweet '70s drama, like something like Little Darlings, for instance, another great summer camp movie? Or do we want to be a sex comedy? And it, it, it doesn't even toe the line. It's like one foot in each camp, and it can't <laughs> decide. And then the feet are crossing over each other, and it can't decide what it wants to be. It's very strange in that way, but I really liked it upon a second watch here. Okay, I know. I'm glad you like it and liked it more than you did before. Um, uh, yeah, because. I don't know what would make me enjoy. It doesn't look like that kind of movie. Like if you grew up with it or if you watched it a lot that you would love it more. Cause I feel like on first viewing, you're kind of like, well, there wasn't much to that, but maybe, right. <laughs> maybe there's more to get out of it. The more you watch it, like, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I feel like a lot of these like late seventies, early eighties comedies that I grew up hearing were classics. Don't play that well for me. Oh. Um, like, boy i'm really <laughs> like like this falls in that category animal house porkies revenge right. of the nerds like a lot of these movies just like end up not working for me and i don't think it's like a i know everyone talks about how like sometimes they're not pc i don't think it's like anything just like that uh i mean some of the stuff is like holy shit but like some of it also is like i just don't think this stuff's that funny and i think it's like my sense of humor versus whatever this was at the time i don't even know how to compare and contrast it i think i like just maybe weirder stuff a lot of the stuff's kind of like to me very conventional like um i don't know like i love what hot american summer that's a really weird like off kilter movie you know what i mean like it's um and i don't know none of those like big 
even like Caddyshack, which I kind of like. I think a lot of stuff is funny in Caddyshack, but like some of the stuff doesn't work. It's kind of like there's a lot of these like late 70s, early 80s comedies that are held up as like classics. And I've never been able to get into them. And I'm like, oh, Meatball is another casualty of like whatever this is like. And I haven't seen Stripes in a very long time. Like, I feel like I haven't seen it since I was like a teenager, like 15, 20 years ago. And like, um, I remember kind of liking it. I don't really have much more memory of it, though. So, um, uh, see, I watched Stripes when I was a kid all the time. And, and so mm-hmm. I I I've like not even stopped rewatching it. I watch it every couple of years. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's still funny. And speaking of Harold Ramis, he's in the beginning of this movie. Uh, you know, one of the guys carrying the glass, the pane of glass that keeps getting broken. And I think that's a, a funny gag, which is weird because that sets it up like, oh, this is going to be a, a laugh a minute type of movie. And it's not that at all. Like it, it does lean into some dramatic parts pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah. It's the tone is weird. I was thinking too, like, and it's funny because there's a letterbox review that I read. Like, this is my thoughts exactly. Someone's like, they were more positive though. They were like, I feel like this could have been made. It's the kind of movie that you watch and think I could make a movie because this seems very simple and straightforward. Yeah. Because Ivan Reitman's not doing anything that flashy. No. Like it's like they just went to summer camp and shot some stuff and there's nothing flashy or that crazy about it you're like i could make this uh it's like the i think the last race is not well done like i know it's a comedy i probably i just think i'm like this is i remember i made the note what did i say i was like this last race couldn't be less exciting (laughs) it it feels really rushed because like most of of you know uh, camp movies when they build up to like those uh summer olympic type of things uh, it builds up to this final thing, like one of the movies uh, we're going to talk about here yeah. coming up, right? Uh, but this, like Chris Makepeace, so they they like the whole movie. They're setting up this kid is going to be like our savior to win the Camp Olympics, and it's over in like ninety seconds. Like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, and he just shoots it so like I think there's not even music at certain points in the race, yeah. or it's like it's like just two guys running, and it's just nothing. <laughs> And uh, I just thought it was so flat and badly edited. I was like, what the fuck? I just, I, I'm not going to get angry, but I just was like, this was so weird. And it's very rushed. And like, they don't even mention there's there's a game. I don't think they even mentioned that there was like another camp to compete against. So like the last 30 minutes of the movie. Right. Because I remember thinking, is this going anywhere? Like, cause, I mean, everywhere else has like, every other movie on this list has some kind of like clear goal or you get a clear goal like early on. But like, I'm an hour into this and they haven't set anything up. And then suddenly it's like, hey guys, we're fighting another camp or in this camp games right. like oh okay finally we have a we have a goal and uh and then they pull yeah rudy to race and i'm like well that came out of nowhere but it is kind of like another movie we're gonna talk about but um but yeah i just i was baffled i was like <laughs> i feel bad but i was just like i don't and it, it blew my mind that in five years i even write goes on to make ghostbusters right which is so much more like complicated than than meatballs it's like um a huge jump in you know uh I don't remember. I don't remember how complicated stripes is or how how um, elaborate stripes is, but um... uh, pretty fucking elaborate because okay. they, yeah, <laughs> it's like you know they go overseas, like they shoot internationally. That's right. Okay, I thought there was a part where they had that. So so yeah, he gets some experience, but I was like, well, wow, I've Reitman started off. This is just very simple, straightforward, like right, nothing flashy. Don't uh, he's like it's basically. I feel like it is just like, hey, Bill, you be funny and you'll make the movie work. You know, it's like. Because there's scenes without Bill Murray that I just think don't work at all. There's like these two guys that they follow who, I mean, this is 
they they basically boil down to the fat guy and the nerdy guy. Um, right. And they're under like a cabin and they're trying to peep on some <laughs> girls, I think. And the yeah. fat, one of the guys is like, I have a boner. And it's, that's a very typical. <laughs> I feel like 86 comedy, 76 comedy thing. And I just was like, this is not funny to me. <laughs> like, so anytime Bill Murray was not in the movie, I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. But he, he does, you know, when he's there, it's better. Um, but I just, I didn't love it. I, I had a tough time with meatballs, but, um, you, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I think I coming into meatballs the first time I watched it, I had, uh, I thought it like, I thought it was going to be this raunchy sex comedy. And I'm thinking now because, uh, I always ran across the, the VHS box of meatballs Four. Oh, uh, in the, in the, the video store, that's the one with Corey Feldman. He's on the cover and like two girls in bikinis are like hanging on him. And that's a rated R one. You know, of course, my parents would never allow me to rent that. Uh, and like there's that is a sex comedy. And Meatballs 3 uh, is even um, semi raunchy. Here's uh, it's rated R. Here's the IMD synopsis for Meatballs 3. Uh-huh. The ghost of a dead porn star comes to Earth to help a nerd with his sex life. What? <laughs> and. Patrick oh. Dempsey plays oh. a character named Rudy. Is it supposed to be the same Rudy? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sally Kellerman, once again, playing an angel. Uh, <laughs> at her, She's the dead porn star. She is named Roxy DuJour. <laughs> but then Meatballs 2 oh. is still sort of this sweet, this is a PG um uh, little kids in this Richard Mulligan, you know, from Empty Nest, uh, is in it. Uh, looks like Kim Richards is one of the kids, but yeah, so I always assumed Meatballs, the, the entire series, was going to be this like raunchy sex comedy thing, uh, because of that Corey Feldman cover. But lo and behold, the first two movies are not, they're just like sweet little summer camp movies, so. Yeah, it's well, it's still crazy to me that there's four Meatballs movies and yeah. the third Meatballs movie actually sounds so insane. I almost kind of want to see it. Oh, but, me too. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's not available anywhere. Who could have thought? Um, but you can watch Meatballs 4 with Corey Feldman on Tubi. And I think uh, Meatballs 2 might have been on there as well. Oh, it's on Crackle, which is like Tubi's oh, sad cousin. Jesus, uh, <laughs> do not watch anything. On... God damn, the commercials is like every five minutes on Crackle. I can't even get Crackle to work on my my roku it won't even it's like my roku refuses to load crackle it's like no 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 we're not watching something you're on crackle. better than this you whore you're not gonna watch crackle <laughs> oh god um so yeah i mean that's wild that meatballs spawn three sequels and they sound all crazy in their own ways um yeah i wish i i want to like meatballs more i love bill murray and i just you know, I was like, this this will be good. And then I was like, oh no, I'm not having a good time. <laughs> like, hey, hey Matt, Meatballs yeah. 3, it's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Um, man. All right. Well, anything else on Meatballs? Or no, just... no, I think we're good there. Okay. Okay. The next one, four, four out of five here. We're almost through. Um, good thing we didn't do stuff we'd seen up top because I feel like this, we are talking about these for a while. So, um, uh, okay. Fourth movie. I feel like this is somebody saw Meatballs and somebody saw Friday Thirteenth, and they made the Burning from yes! 1981. <laughs> uh, the only horror movie on our list, but I wanted to have one uh, summer camp slasher, and I didn't want to go super obvious Friday Thirteenth. So I was like, let's go with the Burning because I watched that once and 
remember liking it. Um, uh, so yeah, <laughs> the burning, uh, again, an insane, uh, kind of premise, I would say <laughs> like, um, it's a prank gone wrong. And I, I mean, a prank gone horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. The burning starts off with these, uh, uh, camp counselors or are they they're just campers, not camp counselors, just campers go to pull prank on the camp caretaker named Cropsy. Um, and it's a weird prank to begin with. They go to his little, he lives in like a shack, like a caretaker shack. And they put like a, a skull, like a, uh, I guess a human skull. That's not fully, uh, decomposed, yeah. decomposed yet. <laughs> this is horrifying. And they put candles in it and they put that like in his room and wake him up and he sees it. And then unfortunately kicks, knocks it onto his own bed. <laughs> like, and then more unfortunately, he sleeps right next to a can of gasoline. <laughs> I thought, well, that's unfortunate that you slept next to that can of gasoline. And then he just goes up in fucking flames and runs out of the cabin. And the campers are horrified. They're looking on like, Jesus Christ. It's a long, long fire stunt. I will give them credit. Yeah. Uh, this man is fully engulfed in flames. This stunt guy is fully engulfed for a while. There's a couple cuts in there, but he's fully on fire. Cropsy falls down a uh, hill, this poor caretaker, and presume we presume he is dead, but of course he is not dead because he comes back how many years later? I don't remember. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember either. Well, they take him to the I forgot to take him to the hospital. He's horribly burned. They say the skin grafts intake. Sorry, buddy. I think it's about three to five years, somewhere in that range. Yeah, there you go. He gets out of the hospital. There's a random scene that they add, I think just to show that he is going to kill people where he's still in New York city and he goes and kills a hooker. Yeah. And <laughs> like that, I, I think that, you know, that sets up sort of this guy's crazy, right. and not, not just out for revenge, but uh, aside from that, the, the photography of walking around early eighties times square, like oh, in, in yeah. the deuce with the porno theaters and stuff is fucking awesome. Because, you know, I love, that's my favorite era. And it's so cool um, that Tony Malum is uh, is able to capture sort of life on the streets, the scuzzy streets of the deuce in the early 80s. <laughs> and I do love anytime I see like dirty, like early 80s New York. So that was, it was fun. But I was like, oh, now we're in New York for this like one scene where he kills a hooker just to show how right. crazy he is. Um, then we go to the camp. Um, and, uh, you know, then it's, you you can imagine he's, he, <laughs> Cropsy comes back and starts killing people. I do feel like it takes a while to get going for that. I mean, you give this, this stuff in the beginning, then there's like a lot of stuff just at camp and setting, which is fine. They're setting up characters, which is, you know, I think like, well, no, slashers don't do that. Uh, so yeah. you, you meet all the, the counselors. That's when it kind of feels like meatballs to me. Cause it's kind of like aimless hijinks going on, um, with a lot of people, including a, a very young Jason Alexander, George yeah, Costanza. He, I mean, he is by <laughs> far the best actor in this movie, and there's not really bad performances, but you could see, like, holy shit, this guy's fucking amazing. He is a great <laughs> actor. And, like, you know, yeah, young 20 something Jason Alexander. He's great. He's great in this movie. Yeah, he's like 22, 23. It's so I mean, weird to see him yeah. this young. Yeah. Like, because then, then Seinfeld starts in like, about 10 more years, maybe a little less. And he, I feel like he looks 
older to like much older to me but yeah like god what happened in this guy's life that he aged (laughs) 40 years and 10 years (laughs) then to his credit he's looked the same for the past like 30 years so i guess yeah yeah, to get to that point he's kind of hold but uh um still got hair in this movie yeah it's uh he does pop and i don't think it's just because i know he's going to be on seinfeld like i think he just comes across as someone he seems very confident like as an actor like um he's kind of like the one of the jokesters i guess i don't know what to yeah. call him like yeah. um but yeah he definitely stands out i don't think it's just because we know who he is but um yeah so he i mean they go on a little river rafting trip then i think the killing really starts going there's an insane sequence on a raft which i think most people didn't see we know about the sequence on their canoe or the raft whatever where yeah. these couple the counselors try to get back or the campers try to get back after the canoes have been kind of lost. They build this raft and they're like, Oh, one of our canoes. And then they get murdered. And like, it's I, Tom Savini effects. Yeah. So they're pretty, they're pretty great. And uh, it's this insane sequence. It's very fast, but it's just very brutal. It's like, he's cutting off fingers, stabbing people in the neck. He's just like, it's, it's, I'd seen it before I'd seen the movie years ago. I'd seen the sequence, like somewhere out of context. Um, and I was like, I need to see that movie. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, that's nuts. And I mean, you know, then it, it goes on and there's a there's not really it's weird because there's not really like a true final girl final guy until like no. the very very end it's like and you're like oh who is like the main character of this movie and i guess it's uh what's his name yeah brian pecker yeah Bri- Alf- um, alfred yeah yes, Brian yeah. from fast times at ridgemont high that's right right because i kind of thought it was brian matthews and his guy named todd who's one of the counselors he kind of fights Cropsey at the end. Who the great makeup work too on Cropsey. When you see him like fully oh, in yeah. his like burn state, it's it's bananas. <laughs> so like, oh my god. Um, it's funny too. I was thinking because like, oh, why were there no sequels to the Burning? And then you watch how they murder Cropsey at the end of this movie. And I'm like, it'd be really hard to make up some bullshit <laughs> about why he <laughs> yeah, was still right. alive. But um, I mean, other franchises have done it without giving a shit. But um, I was surprised there were no sequels to the Burning. But um. Yeah, unfortunately, only this one. I, I It's a fun summer camp slasher. I really like it. The Tom Savini stuff is great. Like, the cast is not, they're not amazing, but they, you know, they get the job done, I feel like. And, uh, no, I, you know, you know yeah. what? I, I think so. This is, uh, pre, uh, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, right? Which, uh, a lot, is it? No, it's, it's 1981. So it's oh, one, one year. year. I, it feels okay. like they jumped right on the, the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the burning is far superior to the original Friday the 13th. Um, and, and that's my opinion. Uh, I also think Friday the 13th part eight, Jason takes Manhattan is the best Friday the 13th. So take, take what I say with a grain of salt. People. Wait, wait, wait. You can't just say that. Just, <laughs> the, uh, you know what? Okay. I will say this about part eight. I think I like part eight more than most people because I never went into it with any kind of, expectations because i was way too young yeah i yeah i was born but i was like a two-year-old so i had no but i could imagine people disappointed if they promise if you call it jason takes manhattan and he's in manhattan for a very Ten short minute, time yeah, right i feel like you could be just but i i came in knowing that so i like the stuff on the boat and even the little bit of stuff in new york or you know what is new york i mean they have the one shot in times square but like everything else i think it's like toronto but right. um I like part eight enough. I like it better than a couple other parts, but it's your favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, of course. Is it even close to another one or. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's close. I like, I like two and three. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, I, there's not a Friday the 13th I don't like. Well, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because Friday the 13th Part A, Jason Takes Manhattan, is the first Friday the 13th I ever saw okay. when I was a kid. Well, and so, yeah. yes, nostalgia plays into that. But I did a franchise rewatch uh, some years back. And even after that, I still said Friday the 13th Part 8, my favorite Friday the 13th. <laughs> I think everyone's first is usually their favorite or one of their favorites. My first was Part 7. And I I ride or die hard for Part 7. I love Part 7. Nice. <laughs> like, um, and so I can't give you too much. I'm not giving you shit. I was just curious because that's that is not usually the typical opinion, but um, like, I love part four, which I think is a lot of people think is the best yeah. uh, or one of the best, it, but it's four or seven for me, but I, I, I usually just say seven because no one else says seven. I want, you know, it's like, I do love seven though, but um, okay. Fair enough. I, I, the burning, I, it's funny. Cause I, I, I feel like I've rated the first Friday 13th higher than the burning, but I think the, the burning's like a better, I, I don't know. I think the burning's like a little more, fun i don't know i can't i love the first friday 13th kind of more for probably nostalgia purposes i don't know like um it's a weird well, I, yeah I, I'll, I'll tell you why i like the burning more it's because okay. there's the burning is more of a camp movie than any of the friday the 13th movies like this is true we, we have counselors <laughs> we have campers, yeah, campers. Yeah. it's like uh sleepaway camp is my all-time favorite uh summer camp slasher mm -hmm. uh that is an absolute comfort movie i'm with you the ending the, the the freeze frame is absolutely terrifying every single time i watch it but that's my favorite summer camp slasher the burning is is comes in a close second because it it's a good mix of slasher and summer camp we get the the kids we get the as they call them in meatballs the cits and it's funny in the burning it's it's hard to figure out who are the campers who are the counselors? Who are the counselors in training? Um, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. They're all the same. You know, they're all young 20s, mid 20s, every single person in this movie. Uh, so it's really hard to figure out who is who. Uh, but you just go along with it and you appreciate Jason Alexander's performance. Uh, but most importantly, the effects. It's all about Savini's effects, the, you know, the ending uh, burning, the beginning burning. Uh, you got the, when he, like, even when he's stalking the kids through the woods, um, it's great. And even when Brian Backer, who is like the uh, very non-stereotypical final person, mm -hmm. uh, is running through the woods. And, you know, throughout the whole movie, he's been kind of this weirdo creep. Because uh, he was at the beginning caught peeping in on one of the counselors or counselors in training. And so from the beginning, we as the viewer like, I don't like this guy and I don't really care if he gets killed. And he ends up being the final person, which is a really interesting choice. And we should also uh, mention real quick, this is written by uh, the disgusting Weinstein brothers. So, you know, do with that what you will. Yeah, that wasn't fun to see their names pop up at the beginning. I was no. like, oh, God damn it. That's right. They were involved in this, like writing and producing it and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, shit. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. With, with that said, the script is written very competently. Uh, you know, these guys knew how to how to write and kind of flipped uh the final girl thing on its head and said you know what we're gonna put 
a weirdo kid and a weirdo guy as the final girl and for no other reason. And what's interesting is that Cropsey isn't like, he's not just hell bent on revenge. He just wants to, you know, he's kind of like Jason just wants to kill anyone, not in the, the original Friday the 13th where mom is trying to get revenge on people, but uh it's I, I just find it interesting that Cropsey is like ends up going all over Hell's Half Acre chasing Brian back or Alfred at the end. Like he doesn't even know who this fucking kid is, but he's gonna <laughs> chase him all over the woods. Yeah. He's just seems like he's out just to, you know, murder people. I don't know. It's like he's he's real crazy. Um and he's pretty terrifying. I'm like, this guy would scare the shit out of me if he was chasing me. Like oh, the, yeah, he's I mean that's why I kind of wish there was more burning movies. Um, maybe not made by the Weinsteins, but you know, just somebody else picked up the character. But again, they kill him real hard. Like you would have had to do some real <laughs> twisting and turning to, you know, make him. Uh, I, I could probably go supernatural, honestly, because I don't know how she'd bring him back. Yeah. But... Well, I well, I think that's sort of the special thing about the burning is that it's a one-off because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, like it, it's it could make for a good uh franchise but you know for whatever reason they're like uh no we're just going to do the one and so now i think we benefit from that where everybody else is like oh you know friday the 13th even sleepaway camp has what four or five fucking movies now yeah yeah <laughs> um, uh, and then you have the burning a standalone summer camp slasher that is really good i mean there's other standalone summer camp slashers that are absolute trash like not even worth you know like cheerleader camp or uh there's a couple others that i watched that i was just like what the this is awful absolutely awful but you have the burning this standalone summer camp slasher uh that holds its own you know it, it deserves that collector's edition from scream factory yeah yeah it's uh it is good. It, is, it, it does make it more special that it's kind of like it's just a one off because most of them I feel like <laughs> didn't have that. So um, and also a great poster. Oh, I so will love the poster art. Every time I see it, I'm like, that's a good poster. <laughs> when, when we when we get to that shot in the in the canoe, you're just like, you, you know, the uh, <laughs> you impersonate Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We're like, oh, there it is. There's the shot. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> shot uh yeah no it's it's good i really I, I still enjoy it um yeah i'm just glad we, glad we got one horror movie in here yeah. most of summer camp movies and it's not the, the typical one so yeah. um yeah yeah um i you know i don't think i'll say about the burning anything else in the burning before we move on no, no okay. good movie good movie good movie good movie uh <laughs> so okay i saved my personal favorite for last uh yeah. which <laughs> is a movie again like can't know where i watched a crazy amount of times the kid uh i think it still holds up really well a, a little better than camp nowhere i love both but this i still watch and laugh out loud uh Hardly, it is heavy yes yeah it's heavyweights from 1995 right 95 yep. yep um and this movie is just one of my all-time comfort movies too i think um oh my god so basically it's about a boy named jerry garner uh who is his parents send him to, I don't also call it fat camp, uh, fat camp, camp baby. And they, it's funny. The beginning is, Oh man, I, this, this is the one I talk the most. The, the beginning 
it gives me everything I want in a kid like summer movie. The beginning starts off with school ending. It's that crazy scene I always wanted to see at my school on the last day of school with like papers being thrown and just right. chaos, kids running out, you know, like it never got that crazy at the end of my school. But uh uh yeah, that he he has to run home. Uh, clearly a put upon boy. He's chubbier, he gets home. There's a guy there, uh uh actually played by Cohen Brothers regular. Tim oh, Blake yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Tim Blake Nelson plays the guy from the camp who's there to like sell them on it. And they're showing him a video and it starts off good. He's like, oh, they have go-karts. That's cool. And then he realizes it's a fat camp. And he's like, what? I'm not going to fat camp. <laughs> Tells his dad, like, you're fatter than me. You go to the camp. <laughs> his dad played great... by Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor plays his dad. Um, he's, a, he's kind of a dick in this movie. He's a real kind of a dickish dad. Yeah. And he gets shipped off to camp. Um, he meets Keenan Thompson. Um, of course, who's still been on SNL for like 15 years, um, meets a bunch. It all seems fun at first. He's got uh, Tom McGowan is great as Pat. Oh, who's like God, the just head, the best. The best, the best guy. And uh, he, he like picks him up. He's like, you ready for the best summer of your life? Everything seems great. Uh, they get to the camp. They have like the first night camp meeting. And um, uh, <laughs> and then Ben Stiller's parents, uh, Jerry Stiller, and what was her name? And Mira. And Mira are the are the two camp owners. They walk in and they seem really sad and like we have to sell the camp. Uh they sell it to a man named Tony Perkis, who is played by Ben Stiller, their son in real life. Uh he runs out. He is this Tony Perkis is I love this character because like it's like, how did this guy get into a Disney movie? He's playing it like he's slightly unhinged, he's slightly like insane. He's this like very over-the-top fitness motivational guru. And the camp goes to shit. They like destroy the thing called the blob that's at the lake to jump in the water. They pull the go-karts apart. Camp is no longer any fun. Um, and they basically figure out how to get rid of him because he's a nightmare and these kids are miserable. Um, and it's a lot of crazy things happen from there. Um, I, so Anthony, I'm curious, you see this when you were a kid too? I mean, I guess, yes. I'm assuming. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I just saw it in the theater and then rented it you know, at least weekly for, you know, maybe a year. And then uh, got the Disney Blu-ray a few years ago and watch, you know, started watching it a couple of times a year since then. And it's so, and I, I put this on Twitter and I, and it's 100% true. I cry at least two times, usually three times every single time I watch this movie, because it's uh -huh. so touching, you know, talking about the relationship and meatballs, between Chris Makepeace and, and Bill Murray is very sweet. And the relationship between, uh, what was the other, was I talking about another relationship? Um, what was the second movie we talked talk uh, about? Space Camp? Was there anything in Space Camp? Oh, no, no, nothing in Space Camp. Okay, so <laughs> the relationship between Tom McGowan and, uh, um, uh, what's this actor's name? Anthony Schwartz, who, by the way, you look on IMDb and you look at his, his picture now, <laughs> you're like, Good God, I would kiss that man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like angry so, at now. He's like, yeah, so he's so good shape. looking. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, be, between Jerry and Pat is that go kart scene where where Pat is pushing Jerry. I'm like weeping. Okay, that is a really every nice. Single, that is a really nice scene. Single, yeah, it's very sweet. Uh, because you know, I I've had uh, people in my life like that when I was a kid who, you know, I always felt like an outsider and there was always 
uh, an adult who kind of took me under their wings. And so it, it was so, I loved seeing that. And I too was a portly child. Uh, and uh, I, I too, to you, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a portly adult as well. And so, you know, it was cool. You know, people always talk about, and hello, straight white men talking here, but it was really cool seeing myself up on screen there. You know, I was a fat kid and here, this movie is full of fat kids and they're the stars of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they kind of get their revenge and it's so, uh, this is another one. I think nostalgia obviously plays a big factor in, but it's also really well-made, you know, uh, Judd Apatow wrote the script, Stephen Brill directed it. And if you've seen any of the behind the scenes photos or, or little, uh, uh, you know, snippets, like he was so fucking good with these kids. And, you know, it's a nice reunion of the Mighty Ducks guys. You got like Sean Weiss and Aaron Schwartz and Keenan from mm -hmm. the Mighty Ducks. Uh, they, they get together again in this movie. And I don't know, it's, it's so cool. This was one I started watching on my own. My boys were doing their own thing on their tablets or whatever. And sooner or later, I could see their tablets were down, headphones were off, and they were watching the movie, and they were into it. Oh, that's good. That's great. It's yeah. so funny. It's, yes, it's, and the, yeah, it's so funny still. I think the Judd Apatow script helps, because, like, it's genuinely still really funny, like, um, and the kids are great. Talk about some great kid performances, oh. like. Uh, I love Sean Weiss. I always think of him as Goldberg from Mighty Ducks. So always be oh, yeah. Goldberg to me. Uh, as Josh in this is great. He's like the coolest kid at camp. And like, um, I love the whole thing where they, he disappears and they were like, is he dead? And then the way he comes back is like, is pretty great. Um, it's, uh, yeah, these kids are wonderful. I, I like you, a portly child, I would say. So this was like borderline inspirational for me as a kid. Oh, I'm yeah, like, absolutely. Like, oh my God, we can be the heroes of the movie. And like, um, it was just very nice to see that. I felt like so. That's why I think I liked it as a as a, a chubby boy. It was it was yeah. very relatable. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. And well, and then you got Ben Stiller oh doing Proto, uh, whoever his dodgeball guy is. Yeah, it's like the same um, character. When I watch dodgeball, it's like he's doing the same character from Heavyweights like ten years ago. It's like yeah. uh, I think his name's Dwight or Dwight Goodman in Dodgeball, and it's oh, yeah, like yeah. almost to a T, like the same yeah. voice. It's he's just like, I'll just do the same thing with heavyweights. But I, it's funny because I find this funnier. I don't know why. Maybe because he's like, he feels like he shouldn't be in a children's movie because he's such yes. a weirdo. And it's yeah. like... <laughs> no, I, that, that's a great point. And like, you got these other great performances. You have Alan Covert, of, of course, who's in all the Adam Sandler movies. Um, oh, he yeah. plays the cameraman. And he's just sort of like, you know, he's this drunk dude. He's always smoking and like, he's just like, whatever that there's a, a quick scene where they're, they're filming. Tony's making this, like, you know, a video to sell to people to sell the camp, like come to our camp and lose weight. Mm -hmm. And he like, you know, starts with his back facing the camera and he turns around and he's like, you know, big smile, thumbs up and starts jogging off. And, and, uh, <laughs> the cameraman, uh, Alan cover, he's like, uh, I'm not rolling. <laughs> And Tony's like, okay, are you rolling now? You know, so it's just stuff like that. But then you got, um, oh, Tom Hodges, who plays Lars. Oh my God, I love Lars. He's so fucking. Put your fat funny. finger down. 
<laughs> oh my god, he is so great in this you movie. You broke in my th- camera. I was- oh, and then uh, uh, oh. Le- Leah Lale, who plays Julie, she plays the camp nurse. Man, so oh. so delightful, so cute. Oh, yeah, like- <laughs> so cute. Oh my god, another one I had a huge crush on. And then Paul Feig, and I I don't know if it's it seems like it's cool to hate on Paul Feig or whatever. I was gonna say, it feels like everyone hates him now, but I fucking love Paul Feig, and you know I. I'm not a huge fan of his movies, but I think he's a delightful human being. And in heavyweights, he is so goddamn funny. You know, he's like the skinny kid or the skinny kid, the skinny counselor amongst all these fat kids at camp. And he's like, they all tease him because he's skinny. <laughs> and I think, yes. I, I don't know. I think that's so cool. And he's so funny. And the dance scene when he's oh, like, we yep. got to get out. We got to get these kids dancing. He gets out and just starts going crazy and dancing i'm like god he is so fucking cool in this movie i love it <laughs> i i'm glad that dancing is so good when they yeah because it's like this whole thing that ben stiller tony perkis set up where he's basically to humiliate the boys he brought girls from they just call it a girls camp so i guess there's no gimmick it's just like a girls camp so but yeah. it's like all these girls and the, all the boys are intimidated because it's just, it's girls obviously <laughs> it's like you know it's like oh they're all pretty and we're just the, the fat kids and like they're, they're all standing across from each other and nobody wants to dance and like yeah paul feigs comes in and it starts like going nuts and then he gets in leah lale and tom the uh tom mccowan and like all the counselors are dancing everyone starts dancing it's a really fun it's i think love machine is the song yeah it's like um I'm just a love machine. It's great. Uh, and then Ben Stiller, of course, ruins it again because he breaks it up. Everyone's having fun finally, and he ruins it. And he has the great line that I still quote where he's just standing there. He's like, put the fruit tra- fruit trays away. The flies will be at soon. <laughs> 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 the insects will be at soon. Um, he, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I didn't realize how much I still quote this movie until I just watched it again. I probably watch it like once a year, once every couple of years. But still so much stuff. I say Lars stuff where it's like... Uh, <laughs> he goes in the the bunk all the kids he's like uh at night i make a very uh t- uh what's he say like <laughs> i make a very disturbing sound when i sleep don't be alarmed i am fine like he's just <laughs> um then they leave him in the woods so basically i gotta say it gets really crazy when the kids are like we gotta get ben stiller out of here he's ruining our lives like they go on a hiking trip with him where he's like we're going like a 50 mile hike and he's like we're gonna scale this mountain and they basically trick him at that point. And, uh, oh, that's when he has a great line too. And it's like, he's like, we're going on nature hike. It's just mother sky, father earth, and your dear old uncle Tony. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they finally trap him. It's insane. They, they basically kidnap this man and oh, lock yeah. him in a cage, like an animal, <laughs> like an electrified cage. Electrified cage, yeah. And they take over the camp. And that's when, th- that, that scene always was fun for me as a kid. Cause it's just like, they're going insane. They got all this food. They're like, you know, pouring like chocolate sauce on people. <laughs> like, they wake it's like what did we learn last night guys like don't put twinkies on your pizza <laughs> like just going nuts and like okay now we gotta get our shit together then there's a whole like summer games thing which again is like a recurring theme in these summer camp movies that that i think they build to pretty well and works really well that last there's a race with go-karts oh, i think go-kart races yeah unlike the meatballs one where it's like really boring and quick and like uh, nothing built to it this like everything is building to this and it's super exciting it's i know i still like it i still think it plays really well um and they beat the jocks the jocks at the end it's great and then of course they're like the jocks are all upset they're like give us a trophy and i love how pat is just like oh you want this and just chucks it in the lake you know because it's like it's like we don't get the trophy we won um i yeah i love this movie i think it's still so funny um 
I just would sit here and quote it the whole time. Like I just last night somehow I was doing a game night and we had to pair off and it was like use the buddy system. <laughs> it's like buddy, buddy. buddy. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that that's a that's a line that I love. These uh, when he's chasing Julie and he's pushing those kids and he's like, hey, don't pee on the water. <laughs> and he pushes another kid and he's like, hey, don't drink the water. He peed in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then but there he's lars is in like the room with the kids he's like okay he's like let's play the fun game to teach each other's names and it's like and then josh is like we already know each other's name <laughs> yeah other, yeah each other uh god when they're doing the thing at the beginning when ben still like raids their camp for candies and food and he's like oh look a deli meat <laughs> still i still will go into my fridge if i pull i'll be like oh look deli meat and just pull. <laughs> I, um, I threw i threw our dog a piece of ham the other day i was like look a deli meat and threw it at her face. <laughs> oh my god! And the, yeah, I mean, yeah, Ben. And at the end, Ben Stiller escapes and is just they, they, the the kids make a uh, video because they get all the footage from the cameraman they've had all summer about how psycho Tony Perkis is, and and then Ben Stiller comes in and is like, you know, clapping like a, a very villain, like uh, you know, um, I thought the villain was a little over the top. It's like a fucking backflip and starts smashing glass under his feet and. That is his he's like, yeah, he's like smashing glass and and then he gets to a point where like it starts to hurt him a little bit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, he is so yeah, it's weird that that character is in a Disney movie. Yeah. But but also thinking that like Judd Apatow, and this is like his first or one of his first scripts, wrote a movie for Disney. It's oh, it's just right. weird to think about that. It's Disney was a different place in the nineties. I oh, think yeah. um, I was looking to see if Judd Apatow was involved in dodgeball. Cause it feels like a thing he would be, but I actually don't think oh, he yeah. was, but uh, um, he was not, but I, yeah, I mean, I still, again, quote so many things from heavyweights and still think it's very funny. And I don't think like, I, I worry more about camp nowhere, not working for people who have never seen it before, but I think heavyweights for adults who haven't seen it would still be funny. I think. Oh yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> um, yes. Like, yes. I just think it's genuinely pretty funny. The kids are all really good and they're funny. Oh, I know another thing I quote a lot for no re out of context for no reason. It, I don't know why this line always sticks with me. Ben Stiller goes for like a jog at one point when the kids are like kind of sneak into his house and find evidence that he's taking hiding their letters and he he's talking and like he's like picks up a log and he's like, come, come on, on, you devil log. <laughs> So anytime I'm picking up anything heavy, I'm like, come on, you devil box or something. Like, come here, you devil log. Yeah. Oh my God. This is what I thought would happen. I'd be like, this is going to descend into like the, just quoting like, oh, it's so funny. Here's this quote, but I can't help it. I love heavyweights. We could have done a whole show, I think on just heavyweights. It probably would have been all this, but. And um, you know what, you know, what's great is that Tom McGowan, you would hope watching this movie that he's an actually, you know, a good, decent human being outside of work outside of Hollywood. And he is, he lives in New York and my brother um, uh, has worked with him and says, oh, he's man. just the sweetest guy in the world. He's exactly who you would want him to be. So that's, that was, I remember when Andy texted me that one day and I was like, Oh, that is so great to hear because he seems like, like even his character on Frasier, you know, he is so as Kenny, he is so fucking funny on that show. Uh, you're like, this guy has to be super nice in real life, right? And it turns out he is, so. That's very good to hear. I would have been broke my heart if he said he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he comes across as genuinely a very nice person. He's super likable. Um, 
yeah, no, I, it's, I, yeah, another, so many things a little about heavyweights and it's, it's again, like the cast and the comedy and like how genuinely funny it is. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, it, I, I thought I had more to say because I love the movie so much, but I think it was just mostly just wanting to quote everything, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm glad you love this movie too. Cause I, yeah, this was like one of the ones that was, this is one I'm most excited to talk about because my favorite. So <laughs> yeah, the, um, the summer yeah. camp, uh, subgenre is is like i said at the beginning of the show uh is very special to me it's near and dear to my heart and i i revisit a handful of these movies indian summer is another one that i watch every every summer wet hot american summer sleepaway camp uh you know it's just uh, and obviously it's because i was a camp kid and i relate to all this stuff and there are horrible summer camp movies there's there's a movie from i don't know if it's the 70s or 80s but it's called summer camp oh, and it's mm-hmm. one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life so uh, don't <laughs> okay. get me wrong that i love every summer camp movie i don't uh but there are you know probably a dozen that i watch every single year because it's and it's just they're super fun and and it's it's i have a good time sitting there and reminiscing thinking oh yeah i remember you know that happened to me at summer camp one time yeah, and then I just sit there and go, maybe I should have gone to summer camp. <laughs> maybe I missed out. Um, except, except when I watch Space Camp, I sit there thinking, "Oh my God, thank God that never happened to me at summer camp." <laughs> yeah, thank God I never <laughs> got shot in the space. <laughs> like I would have, I would have cracked under pressure. I can tell you that right now. Those kids handled it much better than I could. They really keep their heads together in Space Camp. Like I they could not sure have do. kept my shit together at all. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Summer camp movies, I, they're. Uh, it's it just makes me because obviously we don't get the experience now we're adults we have to work all the time and like i feel like you know it's like i i miss that experience of like being free during the summer you know what yep. i mean like you're just there's no responsibility you don't have to do anything um that's kind of the blast i get from it it's like the nostalgic like ah summer just being a kid again it's nice uh to reminisce on that but um it's i mean I, I don't know about where you are it's been hot as shit here i mean i've been in a summer mood because it's been like 95 degrees <laughs> So oh, yeah. I'm like, summer's here. I feel it. Uh, but it's, um, but yeah, I, I'm in a summery type of mood. But um, yeah, these were so much fun to revisit. Uh, even even though Meatballs kind of disappointed me, I'm glad I still watched it. But um, everything else was was wonderful. So um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Anything else? Any of these movies you want to say before we wrap up? No, I think uh, I, I would be curious, uh, Matt, check out the bo- uh, My Bodyguard and then maybe watch Meatballs again and see if you feel a little differently about it. Just just the relationship uh, of Chris Makepeace between those two movies. It might That's what helped me sort of enjoy Meatballs a little more. Uh, but I know a lot of people don't like Meatballs, so uh, I, I have nothing against anybody for not liking it. But that's, I would suggest watch my bodyguard and then give meatballs another try. Um, and I would be curious to hear what you think after that. Okay. Yeah. Actually I looked at my bodyguards apparently been in my watch list for a very long time. <laughs> so uh, I did not even realize I, I must've heard it somewhere, probably on like pure cinema or something. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. I will, I will watch my bodyguard and see how that goes and then go from there. <laughs> so maybe next summer I'll come back to meatballs and see if I like it more. And then I got to watch meatballs three because that just sounds hell yes. insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Oh God, four meatballs movies. Who would have thought, uh, but <laughs> four meatballs movies and no sequels to the burning. I don't understand, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but apparently meatballs made a shit ton of money. I forgot to mention that. Like, oh, really? 
yeah, it made, I mean, it costs like nothing to make. I think it costs like less than a million dollars. I'm gonna go back and look now. Sorry, this, I was like, oh, well, this is why this movie is so talked about. It did super well. It, let me see, almost got it. It cost, no, that's Canadian. About a million dollars Canadian. It made $43 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's insane. Um, yeah, that's an insane return on their money. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was like, okay, I get that Meatballs was popular. I, I get it. I, I don't get it. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I got, I don't hate Meatballs. I just was kind of like, huh, that was not what I expected. <laughs> so um well, anyway, all right. Well, this was a ton of fun. Thank you for doing this. I, I did not know you did a summer camp episode of another podcast years ago either. So thank you for kind of doing this again. <laughs> oh, no, it's to totally my pleasure. Like I said, I love these movies and nobody can hear that episode anyways. And it was so oh. long ago. It's, it's <laughs> there you, you go. can't even find it. So it's totally fine. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I will let you go ahead and plug all your stuff. People can follow you and your podcast and all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> Uh, Cold Movies podcast is coming back on August 7th, I believe. It's the first Sunday in August. Um, mm -hmm. And you will hear me with Matthew Bledsoe and Daniel Epler and Lindsay Wilkins. And I think Vinny's going to be there. Uh, and we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in the West to kick off season four of Cult Movies. So Very exciting. look out for that. Uh, the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at cult movies pod. And then you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and letterboxd at AK Donnelly. That's A K D O N E L L Y. This is good. I'm practicing my, my spiel for when I say it on my show, I haven't had to do it for like two months. Oh yeah. You're rusty. Yeah. <laughs> I am rusty. Yeah. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things here. Yeah, I'm very excited to be on the episode. I'm very honored to be with all you guys talking about a movie that is pretty great. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that's a pretty great movie. So I'm very excited. Um, so yes, everyone check Anthony out, all that stuff. And uh, for our stuff, it's the usual. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at MapLed87. Uh, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this time, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye.